Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. During the Tour de France, for some fun after a long day watching the pros, I like to jump on Zwift. Matthew Vanderpool, Anna Vanderbregen, and Garant Thomas all have a training program that highlights their strengths, and each of the workouts is about 40 minutes. The good thing is, you can do their fun is fast training program as a beginner or experienced rider. It's all based on your power output. To train like the best in the world, it's easy to get started. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com and hopefully, I'll see you on there soon. Right on. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash tdf, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Uh, joining me, it's of course Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I am pretty good. I am pretty good. Um, you know, to that, the letter of the day? Uh, no, I don't know. Do you want to have a guess? No. It's no, no. You're still waking up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's H. H Harry? for Harry. Ah, uh, yeah. For, H I, I for was, Harry. Sweeney. I was going to go S for Sweeney. But, uh. <laughs> H, yeah. H for Harry. S for Sweeney. Whatever. Third on the stage. Yeah. Neo Pro. You know, we salute you, Harry. Brilliant ride. Um, yeah. Super, super ride. Absolutely. Uh, let's uh, debrief exactly this, uh, this stage where we, uh, you and I, and I guess the whole of a nation, thought this cannot get any better than this. On a stage where it was written for the sprinters, it was written for Mark Cavendish breaking the record, then none of that happened because wind happened straight away. The stage was actually delayed by 10 or 15 minutes at the start uh, because there was too much wind. I think that was ASO just being cheeky <laughs> for whatever reason. But you're right. The wind whipped up. 24 hours before, the forecast was for light breeze. Yeah. And then the conditions changed. The wind whipped up. The first 20 kilometres were crosswind. The race split to pieces. And then it, it all finally regrouped. And as it did, a group of around 15 riders went off the front. And includes some big names, in fact. None other than the world champion himself, Julian Alaphilippe. And, of course, the young Aussie debuting um, at the Tour de France, Harry Sweeney. Yeah, and then there were other guys, very strong guys. They've got Polit, for example, who end up winning that stage. Um, the way it worked out, the, the, the breakaway just went and very quickly got a lot of time on the peloton. And back there, in, back in the peloton, no one wanted to work. There was a bit of work from Ineos and then UAE to pull a, a bit forward, more to hurt, I guess, people in the peloton itself. But there was no real chase, no real drive to chase and to, to break and bring down that breakaway. No, and um, look, the reason being, obviously, de Koenig had made the decision to try and get in the break rather than sit on the front all day. And he, this is the problem, I guess, a small problem that Mark Cavendish has now. And I, I think they'll they'll work hard to, you know, deliver him at least one or two more victories. But the longer you go in the race, the more tired riders are. And some of your sprint train leadouts have also abandoned the race because they're just completely worn out. And so you don't have a team to chase on these flatter days in that, especially in the third week. So you're prone to a lot of attacks from yes. other teams and, and you can't cover everything. You can't cover everything and you can't, you don't want to sit on the front for 100 kilometres just to control a race when you're not guaranteed you can win and or you don't have the troops to do it. So, and de Koenig knew that every other team 
would put their hands in the air and say, sorry, we're not going to help you, you ride. You've got the quickest guy in the race. He's won three stages. We're not going to work with you just to so Cavendish can win again. So is that the reason why Alaphilippe went into the break? Because they totally. knew from the, from the start he's not going to work out for a sprint today. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, um, yeah, they, they made that decision early on. And then, of course, you get, you know, there was only one team, Lotto Sudal, of course, which had Harry Sweeney and Brent Van Moor, the, the Belgian, they were the only team who had two two riders. So the rest were all single riders. So you're talking 13 different teams represented. So, yeah, a few teams missed out, but they're not going to chase. And one of them was UAE. They don't need to chase. The highest on general classification, I think, was Sergio Hanal or, or Julian Alaphilippe, both around the 50-minute yeah. mark. So there was zero threat for the general classification. Um, so it was actually the perfect break to succeed. And also, let's replace uh, this stage in the context of a double Ventoux the day before. Uh, probably what is the hardest stage so far, if not of the whole Tour de France of this edition. Uh, so, yeah, it was clear on paper that probably they didn't, just didn't want to work on that day. No, a lot of guys needed uh, what they half call a you know, quasi-rest day, where they can ride along in, you know third gear rather than fourth gear for four hours um but it was look it was a tough start the first 30 kilometers was nervous and stressful and the race had split into three or four groups so it was you know it, it, they were they were fortunate the guys that got dropped that after that first 20 30 kilometers where it was quite open and exposed they then went into those sort of gorges and real forested areas and they were protected so they were yeah they were lucky um but michael matthews actually picked it didn't he yeah he said in a pre-race interview it'll be chaos at the start but he said it'll probably come back together while well, he was three quarters right yeah. he'll come back together and possibly a sprint finish but in the end that didn't eventuate yeah so if we just focus now on the on the breakaway that has happened that breakaway then split into two groups. And in the leading group, we had Harry Sweeney in it. We had also Polit, which eventually uh, went on and wins that stage. Uh, Polit is a strong rider. We forget he finished second in Paris-Roubaix. He's a classy rider. As in, he's, he's one of those guys that makes breakaways like what we saw. He's always active. He's always a team player. Uh, whether he's on the front working hard for Peter Sagan or, or Manuel Bookman for the general classification of that squad, or in this case uh, Vilko Kelderman, um, he, he's a he, you know he, he's a real team guy. I, I really like him, um, and the, the Paris Bay performance was a real breakout performance for this guy. Kudos, he, he needed this. He, he did. Need, he, he needed said, this I think for Matt, the Matty Keenan said in the commentary overnight that. Um, I think he's had one victory, maybe. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it was Turkey or, you know, not a big, big sort of tour. So, yeah, he, he was probably always knocking on the door for an opportunistic stage win here. Um, I wish I bloody picked him in the tipping comp. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hard one. Well, no, you said, I think you said 100% going to be a sprint. <laughs> this is on record. <laughs> righto, righto. And I think oh, I said, no. oh, I think it's going to be a breakaway. They're not yeah, going to chase. Got, anyway. <laughs> I, I, I seriously, I just can't catch a break. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not I'm the like Jumbo Visma this year. Just can't catch a break. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be the guy that just um, pulled a knife in your back. Uh, well, I just pulled it out. So, <laughs> mate, and there's no one else in the room. So, <laughs> um, But let's talk about Harry Swinney. Uh, let's actually listen to Harry Swinney straight after the stage. I think I made a few Neo Pro mistakes there. Uh, attacking and showing my strength in the final. But, you know, like, 
the guys that I was in the break with and the guys that I beat today, I'm pretty happy with. Um, yeah, I, I'm not known for my sprint, so I, yeah, I can't be too disappointed. Um, I saw Stefan was suffering on the climb, so like I gave up my best and tried to drop everyone, but they managed to get back. So. Yeah. Would, how, how was the feeling being there in the breakaway or to the front playing for the victory? Yeah, it was good. Uh, I feel like I'm finally reaching my potential a little bit, I guess you could say, with Lotto. Um, yeah, they've given me a lot of responsibility this year and uh, I think I've showed that um, I'm worthy of it. So, yeah, I'm really happy and I'm happy that I can do a good job for the team. You know, it's been a hard tour for us and we said that we'd race really aggressively and I think I showed that today. That was Harry uh, Sweeney from uh, Australia. He mentions a rookie mistake, a neo-pro mistake. He attacked in that little climb and probably didn't read the 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 um, how tough or not tough the, the climb was. Probably thought it was it would be tougher than this and would create more damage. Is that the little mistake he's thinking of? Uh yes. I mean, it, look, he was obviously feeling pretty good and he was deserved his spot in that quartet. He, it wasn't just luck that he he made that second split because all four of them, in in fact, worked hard together. Stefan Kung was the first to get dropped of the four. So that left Sweeney, of course, the stage winner pilot, and then uh, Iverti, the Spaniard, who's also a quality rider, stage winner two times, I think, in the Vuelta. Um, no, look, maybe a little rush of blood. And, and look, I think he summed it up that he, he, he underestimated, you know, the strength probably of pilot and, um, and pilot probably saw, okay, you're going okay but I'll, I'll find a way to counter you. And look, in some ways, it wasn't a bad move because he actually put them both under pressure. Mm -hmm. And and they're both big blokes, bigger than him, uh, and so heavier. And so they'd probably, if it was a harder climb, Sweeney actually maybe could have got away. But in the end, I don't think he would have stayed away because they, uh, Averti was prepared to work hard all the way in. And Pollock, he's attacked was actually pretty yeah. devastating, wasn't it? He got a lot of space very quickly. Very quickly. And he did not look back. Like, he absolutely committed himself. And, well, I think he had 40 seconds at the end with mm -hmm. time to sit up. And so that was a pretty convincing victory in the end. But Harry, again, that as a Neo pro, and I said to you last night, I said, just the fact he makes that, that breakaway is massive. And then to make the split and... and sort of outmaneuver guys like Julian Alaphilippe, yeah, that is, that is yeah. for a Neo Pro. That's super. Um, you know, the one guy that I remember, to, if I compare it, and I'm pretty sure his first highest high result in a Tour de France stage, um, Simon Gerrans, was third. Okay. He got third on a stage and he was effectively outridden by his two breakaway companions. Similar sort of thing. Um and look at Simon Gerrans went on to do. Mm -hmm. So Harry Sweeney, you got a big future, boy. And just to uh, reinforce the, uh, this um, this point, is not happened to be in the breakaway by mistake. Harry Sweeney has been showing a lot of class riding for the last seven, eight days. Yeah, we've he's mentioned been, him. Yeah. He's been mentioned in the commentary. Yeah. He's been in a break, I think, early on in mm -hmm. the tour already. Yep. So he's he's been very active. Yep. Yeah. How much of uh, this is also due to the fact that Caleb is not here? So therefore, the dynamic in the team has completely changed. I'm not going to say it's free for all in this team, but they are now looking for a lot more opportunities that on a stage like this one, 
if Caleb was here, the problematic would have been completely different because the focus would have been on Caleb for a stage win yeah. in the sprint in there. Yeah, yeah, 100%, because Caleb won here in 2019. Exactly. Yeah, and same running or similar running. So, no, no, and, and look, you, you're absolutely right. It, it is a free-for-all with Lotto as a team, but they are riding one-day races as a team here. And um, so, no, it's given Harry some opportunities. But equally, look, he got the late call-up um, to, to – he was effectively the eighth guy selected for yep. the team. So that was a big achievement in itself. And, uh, you know, getting selected over some more experienced, older pros. And now he's earned his spot. He's ab- he'd earned his spot before – last mm-hmm. night's ride but um yeah wow they'll be impressed with him yeah. they'll be super happy and impressed with him and they'll be patting him on the back for playing a real team role because you know days like yesterday you see the attacks happening at the start and and we you know for us as commentators and viewers spectators watching you don't see all of this the intricacies of a team and and the, the work that's involved you have to have all eight men at or near the front contributing to the attacks or at least going with the attacks. And on occasions, you don't. most of the time you don't because there's one or two guys that are caught down the back or they're tired or whatever, and that's that happens. But the fact that he was contributing to that, it, it makes the workload easier for his teammates. Mm-hmm. So if you've got two or three other guys trying to make the moves, and, and they don't always stick, as, as you know. Attacks go, four guys go off the front, comes back. Six guys attack off the front, comes back. And it's hard to, to go know which one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you need your teammates to have your back. So they go for the next one. Someone else goes for the next one. So the team will be super wrapped that he's playing a real role within the team unit. Mm-hmm. And now let's move to uh, the bunch print because there was a bunch print. And who won it? Cavendish. And yeah. who won it so easily because something happened with uh, Alpacin Phoenix where Philipson had a train and they almost gave up nearly to the line because Cav was so quick. That was yeah. weird. They hesitated. I was yeah. I was sort of yelling at Michael Matthews to jump. Yeah. They waited too long. I think they just wanted to get cheap points, like line scab. Because they, they, they thought Cav was never going to sprint for those ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he did. Yeah, and I mean, it was only three points, I think, yeah. left. But it, I think at the end of the day for Michael Matthews, it really doesn't matter now. Well, it does matter, of course. He has to bank on Mark Cavendish not finishing the race. Yes. That's how that that's probably the only way Michael will win the green if Cav does not make it over the Pyrenees and Andorra. Yeah. So if he can just keep uh, accumulating points to keep himself adrift of Sonny Colbrelli and Philipson, I guess for that matter. Um, but Cav beating him in a sprint is is irrelevant in terms of the green jersey, really. But you agree with me? It was a weird sprint. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. I, I think they all, like I said, they didn't want to exert themselves too much. <laughs> And Cav just went, okay, I'll take him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sad because uh, I had Philipson in a tipping competition. Oh, that's okay. so he totally line scabbed you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, no. Absolutely. So that was the stage that we thought Cav could equal the great Eddie Merckx. And then he wasn't. Tonight is the stage where we think he can equal Eddie Merckx again. It's a longish stage. It's a correct? very long stage to Carcassonne. Over 200? A, uh, yes, over 200 so kilometers. But it's also a super flat stage. There's not a single category or climb in it. It's a long, it's a long way 
to, to control for De Koenig, yeah. Imagine like we, the attacks you would imagine will go at the start. So I was going to ask: Are we seeing bis repetita of what happened yesterday? Are we are we likely to see the same sort of scenario with so many attacks from the start and potentially a breakaway that wins the day? So he, yeah. So here's the scenario that De Koenig will be hoping for: four riders, five maybe, not much more than that then they can control it. So five riders off the front, and then de Koenig can say, right, we can commit. We can commit to a long chase. It's not going to be a super hard chase, but we can we can cover these four or five riders. If right. you get 10 riders... And riders from inverted comma lower teams, the total energy. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. These yeah. teams that, are, that, that they think other teams can actually work with de Koenig to bring back yes. and then go for the stage win. Yeah, but the problem is now... The, the opportunistic teams and the opportunistic riders are smelling blood. This is their time to shine. This is their chance. You know, Niels Pollitt, opportunist win yesterday. Never going to win a mountain stage. Well, I shouldn't say never. Probably won't, wouldn't win a mountain stage. He's too big. And he's not going to win a bunch of sprint. Won't win a time trial. So yesterday was the chance. The first real chance for opportunists, you know. Um Today is another chance, or tonight is another chance for them. So the first, the first fifty kilometres, I think, will be wall-to-wall attacks, mm-hmm. and could it could settle down before that, if a break goes. But that'll that's what De Koenig will be trying to manufacture that because they don't get tonight. If they don't get a sprint tonight, yep. that leaves two opportunities for Cav. Maybe and, two opportunities. And two opportunities after the Pyrenees. That means Cav mm. needs 100% yeah. to pass the Pyrenees if he wants he's to carry He's not there yet. He's, he's <laughs> not, not there. It's not made yet. Yeah. But it's ma- I'm glad last night wasn't a sprint because it makes it, it, makes it interesting Yeah. in terms of that, that record. It makes it really interesting to see. Yeah. It, can he, he might not do it. I was convinced two days ago that he, oh, gee, he's going to do it easily. And now I'm not so sure. Um, there's a lot that needs to fall his way for it to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh what else can we say about the stage tonight? Carcassonne is a city that we, we all know very well. Uh, it's, it's welcomed the Tour de France in many occasions. This time is also the start for the stage tomorrow. Um, so you like Carcassonne. And, I love and, Carcassonne, yeah. It's really a hub for cycling. Yeah, it's, around a, there. it's a beautiful part of the world. To lose you know, one of the bigger cities in France lies about 80 kilometres uh, to the sort of southwest, I suppose. Is yeah. that correct? Um, and let's picture this. Carcassonne's got this big fortified middle age. Oh, uh, it's magnificent. It's just magnificent. Yeah, and and from the from the main highway, before before you exit, or one yeah one of the ways coming in, you, you're sort of elevated over the town, and you see the the fortified town. It's yeah, it's it's that's that's where you go when you go to Carcassonne. Um, but no, it's a lovely it's a lovely town, and. Um, yeah, look, I, I think, and the other thing to pay attention to, um, Carcassonne has, does not have too many bunch sprints. No. Because it's always second or third week in the race. Yeah. Like we say, riders are tired, teams are tired, they can't control it. Having so, said this, Nîmes always have a bunch sprint and yesterday didn't. Yeah, so. it's hard to predict. It is hard to, maybe this is the one that yeah. Carcassonne has a has a full um, sprint finish. We'll see. We'll what see. we know is going to be interesting. And also, the and we'll talk more in details in, in the podcast to come, but uh, the next few days, Andorra, the Pyrenees, 
there's some massive, massive stages coming up. The, this is really where the Tour de France could be win, or could be won or lost for Pogacar, for the Cavendish, for these guys in terms of their own classification. Yeah, they're playing the waiting game. They are playing the waiting game. And, you know, we are now Friday. Yep. Is it Friday? Yeah. There's a whole week to go. And a weekend. And a bit more. <laughs> with, a, with a pretty decent time trial yep. on the penultimate day. And as you just said, all the mountains, this is, this is far from over. This is game And on. I am not convinced, I'm not, I am not convinced the yellow jersey is guaranteed on the Pog's yeah, shoulders. Not absolutely. yet. He's, fi- he's got a five-minute advantage. But the tour delivers you gold every time yep. and, uh, you know, and surprises. For all that matters, he could have 10 and still lose the Tour de France. So <laughs> a, never look, at, look at Simon Yates in the Giro a few yep. years ago. Mm-hmm. He was winning stages at will six days out. He finished outside the top 10. Yep. So he, he capitulated four days out. Yeah. So you just don't know. 100% agree. Uh, let's talk about the Giro Donne. Uh, yeah. Because overnight, Mayan voice did achieve something amazing, 30 stage win in, in, a, in a grand tour, yeah. uh, so to speak. Uh, Maya Vos, she's just extraordinary. She, she is one of the greatest, isn't she? Yeah, couldn't agree more. She's, yeah, it's, it's incredible. And you don't, you know, there's this big focus on, say, Cav and his record or potential yeah. record. Um, these records that got races like the Tour de France and the Giro. And, you know, we don't need to go into it, but... We don't know the records of some of these women yeah. at, at, at their races and the most important races for them. So well done for pulling it out. It's because it is. It's it's massive. In, but but in you know what it is. Take gender out of it. Yeah. Thirty wins, stage wins in the Giro Donne is phenomenal. But do you know what? Let's let's put this apart and you just go. At the minute, Maya voice, Mayan voice is basically being what Eddie Merckx was at the time. Yeah. So the sport, sadly enough, uh, is probably a few years behind the, the men's version of the, of the sport. Yeah, but right that's right. Now, right now, they're writing their own history. They're writing the records mm. that will be beaten and spoken about in the years to come. There is no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, absolutely correct. That's a nice way to put it, I think. To, you know, you can say in a negative sense, women's cycling is behind where it should be. Um but, but it's going in the right direction, which I think is the positive yeah. thing to, to discuss. So but so they're in that, they're back in that era and they, she's creating... They're writing the, the first Merckx. page, yeah, they're writing yeah, the first three pages cool. of the history. Yeah, That's lovely. how I see it. But yeah, no, no, it is. It's, it's lovely. It's so really what, what the Giro done? There's uh, plenty of highlights on, uh, on SBS and on SBS On Demand uh, for that matter. So it's a great race. And of course, the uh, Tour de France for Women that is coming uh, up next year will round up uh, a whole set of Grand Tours and will change the whole dynamic of uh, the, the whole calendar oh, for women's cycling. I think it's going, that is going to make a massive difference, oh, isn't it? I think to the landscape... Of women's cycling and the way it is watched and how much it is watched. I, th- I can't wait for that. Yeah, that and the Paris-Roubaix. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, anything else, Michael? No, I think we're playing the waiting game, just like the GC guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're just keeping our powder dry. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Hey, um, I just can we just go culture for a moment? Yeah, go on. Let's go culture. Um, can, you, can you tell us the cheese we had the other night? Ah, it was Daphinois. Pavé Daphinois. Daphinois. Yeah. Can you say it a bit slower? Because to, to our Aussie, uh, Aussie Ockers. <laughs> Daphinois. Daphinois. Yeah. yeah. Look People, out for it. Yeah, look out for this cheese. 
Beautiful cheese. Cost, you loved it. You bought it. You bought like a um, triangle of it. It cost yeah. you twenty five dollars. You had to remortgage the house. You got to put the money where it is. Yeah, where, I love it. I love it. That you, you French do that. You put your money where your mouth is. And we <laughs> devoured it. I think in about thirty kilometres. It, it was doesn't gone. matter. <laughs> but we enjoyed it. It was lovely. I'll buy the next. I'll buy. I might buy one tonight. All right. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. Lovely. Lovely. Thanks, Maka. Thank you. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we go, let me uh, remind you that you can download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website sbs.com.au/tdf or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick word on our sponsor Zwift. I have the privilege of interviewing cycling greats Matthew Vanderpool and Geraint Thomas, both of whom use Zwift as part of their training program. They've even done a few races on Zwift, and you can too. There are races for all levels, with new events starting every five minutes. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com, and hopefully, I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.